Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 300. 300 episodes. Holy 300? God. Yeah. Holy moly. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, dashing host, Chris. And with me is the um, love child of me and Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Andy. How you doing, brother? Glad to have you. Oh, uh, you know, classic Lions game. I've seen this so many times. It's, uh, you know, it's like a, a warm hug on a cold night. Just used to it. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about what happened, what we saw, our take. We'll, of course, get your takes. We'll take your calls today. We'll talk about it. Uh, a little bit of a therapy session, that and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Andy, you ready to go, brother? I'm ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. A couple of very, very quick announcements. First, special thanks to Dylan from... Guam. That's right, because he's a Patreon guy with Mathis, Brian B, Floundericious, guy from High Prevail, Brian Brookheiser, all good, cool people. Hang out with us and donate via Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you donate, you will have access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet on our Slack. Just go to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month donation or more will get you access to literally the best place to talk about football with the coolest people. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, and on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. Give us that follow DET Lions podcast, the very, very best place to see Andy with no pants on. God dang right. Uh, subscribe <laughs> to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast or youtube.com slash DLP clips, DLP clips, we got the time when you don't. We'll give you the little shorter, bite-sized chunks of information. So make sure you subscribe to both those things. Hit the notification bell. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. Pandora, Amazon, all those. Give us those five-star reviews. We appreciate that. And if you can't, then, you know, go to the subreddit. <laughs> Kick rocks. Tell, tell us why. We'll, uh, we're happy to work with it. Okay. That's it. Let's get the phones open up here in a second and roll. <laughs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. And it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And there's maybe more stuff going down in Reddit than there is in uh, in Lions <laughs> Land, but we're here to talk Lions. So, um, Andrew, this game was a story like you said we've seen before. But this is just a game like they woke up hung hung over, right? I mean that's that's that's, that's kind of how I feel a little bit. I just didn't have a lot of energy today. I was tired. It felt good to just kind of plop into the couch and watch some football even though it was bad football. Um but they just didn't they weren't in it today. They Stafford was off. The whole team just seemed to be not quite right on the field today. You know, this this game was 
just look like non-preparation. And we've seen these games from Patricia coach teams before where they just don't look like they're fully prepared. They came in trying to run the football against, you know, the third best run defense in the league when we, you know, still haven't really been a good rushing team, uh, wasting downs, wasting opportunities. Not that you should pass a hundred percent of the time, but a waste nonetheless defense took a step back way more man, way less pressure. We just saw a lot of what we saw earlier in the year. Yeah. Uh, just a, a big step back, like yeah. all the way around. It just flat. Yeah. Yeah. It was it flat is a great word. Uh, unprepared. It felt like the, the idea of running against this team didn't work well, but what choice did you have when Matthew Stafford wasn't delivering the ball like Matthew Stafford? Uh, got that super chat from Loretto. Thank you so much. Um, F on defense. D or F minus on offense, D minus on defense. <laughs> it's 100% on Stafford. It starts the Stafford period. It all starts the Stafford period. We uh, can't ask the defense to play 40 minutes with no rest. And that was a huge, huge thing in the first half. We had the ball for what, five minutes? Possession time of possession, something stupid like that. Um, and, and the defense played a whole game, basically, in the first half and still had a second half to play. Uh, obviously. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say obviously because they didn't really look that gassed on the field, but they just couldn't. They were just slower and couldn't quite compete with with the Colts. And it it is probably a result of playing so much defensive football in that first half. I mean, what we saw was, you know, you know, and I hate to say it again, literally what it looked like in the first two games of the year where without Galladay on the field, Stafford has nobody that he fully trusts or nobody that gets open fast enough for nobody that he can throw 60, 40 balls to, you know, that he knows Galladay will block out. You know, there was a couple drops early, but really our offensive line looked the worst. It's looked all year, just awful, awful, awful. And it's hard for me to put a loss like this fully on Stafford when, you know, the defense looked okay early, but you know, when you can't rush the football and you're still being asked to rush, rush pass the whole first half. And you're, you know, I think there was what, 11 carries for eight yards total by us. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. incredible. How that's many three ludicrous. Outs, <laughs> that's a crazy stat. How many three and outs did we have? Let's take a call here. See what's going on. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink so far? Hey, this is Kenyon. Uh, once again, haven't <laughs> called in since I think the Packers game. <laughs> Boy, um, here we are, lucky call. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um had a about oh, I don't know. Um to no. Um I don't know. A bit of yayer, we'll say. Um how much exactly is questionable. Um just had to chime in as soon as I saw you talking about Stafford. Thank you Sandman for defending my guy <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um I'll say particularly in the first half I thought Stafford was doing a great job with calling out protections. You know, he was bringing in Hawk to help him out a little bit, give him a little extra time. I agree. I think this one is more on the offensive line than anybody. Um, And yeah, Bevel didn't put him in the best spots, but I think this one was pretty much just pure execution. Um, And anybody saying this is Matt's fault. I mean, he was on the run the whole game. He was doing everything he could to try to give us a chance and it just wasn't enough today against a pretty good Indianapolis defense. There was a whole lot of sidearm action going on today. Oh, and yeah. Sometimes when he didn't need it, 
um you know you know he's doing the jazz thing when he starts really sidearm slinging it um mm-hmm. and he was out there dancing he had his tap shoes on i mean it was i mean he had eight that line Whew. eight pressures or he was hit eight times rather yep, yep. you know they weren't all sacks well, where was, was, hit where eight was times. crosby right right i mean he was he was doing so good this first half of the season i don't know why you pull him out just to put in vitai um I know Andres was talking about on, on the chat that Bob Quinn and Patricia just don't want to look bad signing a guy for a bunch of money and not playing them. But honestly, if Crosby's playing better, just put him in and give yourself a chance to win. At least then you give yourself a chance to come back next year. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been kind of talking about this all of last year and most of this year now. They're doing weird stuff with the offensive line. They're rotating dudes. They're pulling guys out. You know, it's hard as an offensive lineman to get in a rhythm when there's no rhythm to be had because you're getting pulled out and moved. And, you know, it really just didn't make any sense when they put Vitae at right tackle and they put him out there and immediately he gave up a sack first, and it was a bad sack. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I don't know what this coaching right. staff is trying to do with that. I don't understand put- why they've been doing it for two years in a row now. All I know is it hasn't worked, and they need to friggin' stop. And, and <laughs> it's killing me. And when Vitae was out, it was a solid offensive line. Mm-hmm. It, it worked great. I mean, I it looked thought, better. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and also they put they were putting Dahl on the right side when he's been taking reps at left since forever. Mm-hmm. And you're asking him to completely change, go opposite with the footwork of what he's been doing for his entire career, and you expect that to somehow hold up when at least you know maybe Jackson's a rookie, but he at least started out the season on right guard. Maybe you want him to be the left guard of the future, but he started out on right, and he's been doing good there. Just keep going with what's working. That's what frustrates me the most is they're unwilling to go away from stuff that isn't working um, in terms of the coaching staff. And they're staying with this stuff that isn't working. And it's just so frustrating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening to watch that play out here. We got a uh, super chat. Uh, Stafford equals washed up. This is a good one for you, Kenyon. Um, you got Oof. defense equals no identity, blow the whole damn thing up. And we make may play better. Too much reliance uh, has been. Do you see us getting any better? Um, what do you think, uh, Andy, about getting better? Do you think that you see that happening? Well, the last two weeks we saw the defense appear to take a step forward in play a little. You know, looked looked better. But as a whole, I don't think that this team is you know getting better. We're in year three. You know, with Patricia, and you know, you can look at my background here. Uh, we had two, at least two plays with ten men on the field that were vital <laughs> to the game. I don't know how that happens. That should never happen. You know, I don't, I don't know if we're getting better. You know, I, obviously, you know, we play against teams that are good, and then this is what happens. You know, the Saints, this game, you know, twenty-eight points given. <laughs> give it up in a row, you know, like that doesn't happen to good teams. I think it's safe to say that we're not a good team. And I don't, you know, I don't think oh, yeah. I'm going to blow anybody's mind by saying that. Um, no. no, you're, you're definitely on it. <laughs> you didn't blow my mind. Let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> let's, um, I think this team, and when we think about getting better, I think this team is an eight and eight team. I think we're going to beat bad teams. I think we're going to lose to good teams. And I think that's just the team that we're looking at this year. Um, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know if it means meaningful games in well, in, Nova, in December or not. 
Chris, who's the, who's the other five? I mean, you got Houston, even they don't even have a head coach and they're still putting up 35, 30, 40 points a game. Um, <laughs> the Vikings just beat the Packers today. We've got them twice. Um, I'm not sure we could beat the Bears here or the backers a second time. I'm not sure that we can find five more wins. Um, can, maybe think, six I, and ten is. I think we can beat the, the 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 Vikings, even though they beat the Packers. They they them and the Packers for some reason just put up points like crazy. They they are they are built for each other. Um, but you see what the Vikings have done the rest of the season, other than against uh, Green Bay, and they haven't done anything. So I I, I feel like we can we can do well against. Um, the Vikings. I don't. I don't. The Texans are an interesting group for sure, right? But I think the Panthers is if the, with the way they've been playing, they have no wide receiver threat. So I think we can be in. You know, start stacking the box on that. Washington's a win. I mean, at least one of your Vikings games you pull out, and I and I feel like you you probably take out the Bears too, unless they really are what they they look like. Um. I think I think this is an eight and eight team. I think you're going to get to eight. You wind up seven and nine is a possibility. Um, there's no question about it. When there was hope for the um, that Packers Titans Bucks run there towards the end of the season, maybe we could steal one. I don't know. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening with this team. Not a chance. Not a chance. You know what? Yeah, listen, I, Rogers. As long as we win at Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be nice. But you know, yeah, Justin I'm Rogers. All my family. <laughs> but Justin Rogers brought up uh, via Twitter uh, an interesting point, which was everybody keeps bringing up nine and seven's not good enough. Nine and seven's not good enough. But the rest of the quote talks about how not beating good teams is unacceptable. Yep. And now we're looking at that where we're winning against bad teams. We're still not winning against bad or good teams and we're getting blown out by good teams. We're not talking about close losses here. We're talking about big time blowouts first, the saints and the Colts now, Um, you know, it's just uh, it's getting harder and harder to keep rationalizing. Even, you know, even if we get into a meaningful game in December, if it's similar to this where every team that's better than us blows us out and we look like this, I don't see how this is any different than, you know, the end of the Caldwell regime, to be honest. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. And I, I got to give a shout out to Matt. Thanks for super chat. He said that was rough. I had to stop at halftime to get productive on other stuff. That's sometimes the right thing to do, right? Yes. Yep. Um, you, 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 Justin, bring up the thing from Justin is is absolutely ideal. The nine and seven isn't good enough thing. Wasn't a promise to be nine and seven every time, right? It's been taken out of context. It wasn't, you know, it's been taken out of context and applied kind of in a, in a, in a dumb way. Um, but exactly the part about beating good teams is the part where that's the hook. That's the one where the real rubber meets the road as the team isn't performing and whatever games you're playing in, in uh, December uh, may not be meaningful enough. So, um, Hey, caller, I'm going to let you fly. Sure. You good? Sure. Right. Yeah. Matt Stafford for life, but Kyle Trask <laughs> mid-round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenyon. Thanks for calling, bro. You have no problem. All right. We'll see you. Kyle Trask, huh? I've seen him living here. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, we'll see him at the Senior Bowl, I'm sure. 
<laughs> uh, for me, the greatest and most important thing about this game was the adjustments coming out of the half after the first half. It was 100% on coaching, but offense let us down by not sustaining. You know, Loretto, you, Loretto thanks for that super chat. Absolutely right. That was... That was, that was, <laughs> I was, I, I came in, you know, that, that drive we did, we walked on the field, we, we scored, we looked pretty good. I was like, we made an adjustment. We made a halftime adjustment. This is good. Okay. We're going to do something here. This is a new half. And then they just choked and then they just stumbled and stopped. And it's like, what did we do? Did we adjust and then unadjust or, I mean, it, the Colts it, readjusted. Yeah. They adjusted our offensive line for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really did it. Um, let's see. You got Stafford needs to go. Uh, no, I don't think he needs to go. I, I he's in a in the crappy situation he has been for most of his career. Uh, Joey, you're right. The ceiling's eight and eight, and the floor is six and ten on this team. That's that's probably a good range for where you're at. Not going to yep. be good teams. We'll beat the bad teams, and at the end of the we're going to be drafting like thirteenth and, and get a tight end. I'm just teasing. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, can we talk about Danny Shelton's penalty? Ugh. I, you know, part of me doesn't know. And I wish, I hope that uh, somebody gets to talk to the refs at the end of the game and, and ask uh, the question, was the penalty for Phillips Rivers takedown or was it after? Because there was two refs that were right there standing next to it when they, when Rivers went down and they didn't throw the flag came from somewhere else. Yeah. Shelton was away from the pile. Maybe they called the wrong number on accident, but I didn't see anything in that pile that they didn't warranted a flag like that. And if anything, the Colts were the guys pushing people, you know, I just NFL man, where you get certain refs and a game, a game can literally go your way and you get other refs and it won't go your way. You know, it's, yeah, it wasn't a NFL. game changer. I mean, I think it maybe what it might've been a pivot point, but um, it shouldn't shouldn't have shut a team down that early in the game. Something like that happening, but man, it was. The, they felt like they needed to throw a flag, obviously because of the, the pushing and shoving afterward. The flag didn't come out until the, after the pushing and shoving started getting. It was started calming down, right? They went through the whole match and all that. It was a flag that came out eight ten seconds after the play was over. Yep, and then they call that nah. They just this was this was the refs throwing a flag because they knew they felt like they had to get control of the game and throw a flag, and then they they called the absolute crap call, an absolute crap call on him. He didn't land on him. He he was literally on him as he threw the ball. That was just a terrible call. That was absolute garbage. And uh, we'll get we'll get Blandino. Blandino's going to be on the St. Jude show, so we'll uh, we'll we'll be sure to ask <laughs> about this and have a conversation. I mean, he made him do it so that we would talk have something to talk about. You know, and you're right. That wasn't, you know, the moment that the game ended. But when you're a team like the Lions, if you get enough things like that, where one bad move gives up a touchdown, two two plays later they scored a touchdown on what should have been a punt, you know, it's really hard to overcome like stuff like that when you're yeah. the Lions. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. It just is. A ton of yards just threw in your face there. Hey, caller, we'll get, give me one second here. I just got to read a super chat. Cliff. He's nervous that this team pulls off four or five more wins against bad teams, and the staff is here next year for more of the same. I'm ready to move on. I don't know, Cliff. I I don't think eight and eight is good enough to save the coaching staff here. Um, I I I really really like Matt Patricia. 
I like a lot of things about him. I just don't like the results of the games. That's really the thing that, that really frustrates me the most because he's a guy that's really likable. Having been able to you know talk to him a little and do the whole Wings and Hooters girls things with him at a Senior Bowl last year, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a dude that you can really root for. But man, this stinks. Man, this stinks. <laughs> All right, uh, caller, what's your name? How many have you had to drink so far? Oh, my name's Logan, and I've had oh just one to drink so far. But you know, pretty pretty sad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> yeah, yes, I agree. What do you um, for us, Logan? Yeah, just a couple things. Just a couple things I want to touch on. You know, today obviously was a huge disappointment, but. I think with first off with Stafford, I don't think it's the fact that Stafford is declining. I think it's his receivers just can't get separation. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you look at Galladay, he gets those contested catches because he just can't get the separation. And even more so when he's out of the game, like you got Marvin Hall out there who's fast and he's, he was getting some, but at that point they're playing a much more lenient defense. So I guess the question is, do you think with a trade deadline here in a couple of days, should Lions look at maybe trying to get someone like Will Fuller? Um, I know he's fast and he can take the top off. Um, I guess other than that, the other thing is, another part of me wants to say I agree with whoever just had a super chat there is I don't want to see this coaching staff again necessarily next season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they have these losses here, like I'm kind of be happy to, to see them gone. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't think that they're going to do anything to – I mean, you look at today, they just were totally outcoached from the beginning. And that's a good team there. And Jaguars are not good. That's the only time that we've looked really good. And then Falcons are not good. So, I don't know. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. Well, I can tell you right away that wide receiver is going to be a big need this offseason no matter what. So, if they were to trade for a Will Fuller, depending on what they gave up, obviously. Um, But this upcoming draft is going to be super deep in wide receivers. And I would expect the Lions to take two or three, two or three guys, depending on you know whoever's our GM at the time, because we literally have nobody in the locker room right now. They can franchise Galladay or sign him, and it will be him and Cephas, and that's it. Yep. You know that's not that's not great, especially you know when you're when you have Cephas inactive for a game, you know where we turns out we could have used him uh, towards the end there a little bit. But yeah, I mean this has been the common theme the entire season: is wide receivers not getting separation at all you know they just aren't getting open Stafford is get going through his progressions twice you know there's a couple times during the game that you'll literally see him go from right to left the entire time and then go back all the way to the right and when you've got a defense that does what the Colts did to us today which is getting his face in a quarter second there's that there's no time for him to do anything there the wide receivers aren't getting open anywhere and you know it takes Stafford dancing around like Chris said you know, all of all the big plays we had today were Stafford doing a jig, spinning around, getting out of the pocket, you know, under duress to make the throw. And, you know, I think the Lions 100% need wide receiver help. And I think they need scheme help a little bit. I think Bevel needs to do a better job getting wide receivers open via scheme. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. And and I will I'll hit it again in the we talked about it but out of 128 people uh, with last week's next gen stats Kenny Galladay was 124th on separation that's not a wide receiver one separation stat um, 
And it's different, right? Hawkinson was 17th, but yeah, he's playing, he's playing against linebackers. We know he's playing against different kind of coverage and stuff. But, um, you know, Devo Samuel's number two on separation, six point, uh, sorry, 5.1 yards. Um, and he's, you know what I mean? He's, he's not. Can you imagine a wide receiver having five yards of separation in this offense? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Our um, running backs don't have five yards of separation at the snap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, and you saw it again with Galladay. We talk about it. Look, Galladay makes catches. He didn't make catches today. Um, he had a couple throws that weren't great. But he, if you look, he really didn't have separation. The one throw that was at his, his shins, he had a little bit of separation there in a crossing route. But otherwise, people were all over him. They blanketed him every time um, he was on the field. And it was it was just ugly. It was ugly. He, he He's... if. If he's our best hope at wide receiver, and he is right now, and maybe next season, depending on how the draft and free agency goes, you're in for a hard road. You're in for a really hard road. You you can't play with wide receivers like we have. You just can't. You can't win, um, especially with Galladay gone, and it shuts everything down. That's that's bad news. That's 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 real bad news. Um, Waxo, thanks, man. Appreciate the super chat. Stafford's demeanor looks totally defeated right now, and that's yeah, that's that's tough. What's I mean, he, what's yeah, he he's got? tired. This he's year, tired. You could see next it next year left in his contract. He's at two yeah. years, right? Yeah, hmm. yeah. But yeah, he's tired. He's he's tired of guys running wrong routes. We saw the same thing. I think we talked about it every week thus far, where he'll throw a ball and there's three Lions guys within two yards of each other. You know, like how does that happen? You know, he's got to be so tired of being the only guy that knows what's going on <laughs> or seemingly being the only guy that knows what's going on. You know, he makes bad throws just like everybody every once in a while. But, man, when your wide receivers aren't getting open, when they're not doing what they're supposed to do, it's hard to have a good demeanor, especially at this point in your career. <laughs> <laughs> the only demeanor is a misdemeanor at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's a tough go. Um, it's, uh, there's, look, there's a lot of people happy to see the coaches gone. Here we are at November 1st. This is, this is the date that I called out, right? As, as what we'll see, we got those couple wins. I also said this Colts game was going to be pivotal to determine what kind of Lions team we have. And I think we know now, and I think now is where you really start to put your goggles on, on coach watch and see what happens. Um, I don't know who you name to take over the team if um, if you, you fire Patricia. Daryl Bevel has his hands full trying to make the offense work, right? I don't know about Corey Unlin. Um, what's he? I mean, is it Braden? Don Mulbeck. Yeah, Mulbeck. <laughs> he, can, he can be a player coach. <laughs> I don't know what you do if you're the Lions at this point about uh, with the uh, with the whole <laughs> the whole coaching thing. I, 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 I think no at idea. this point that we're going to see him the rest of the season, no matter what. I don't think they're going to get rid of him now mid-season anymore yep. but i think you know the last couple of weeks of the season he will 100 percent be a lame duck coach and we will 100 percent have a lame duck gm yeah 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 the, the, the gm thing is interesting that's what we'll have, to, we'll have to have that talk we'll have to talk about that we have plenty of time coming up next friday hey color logan i'm gonna let you go brother okay all right, thank anyway. you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, let me talk really quick about the St. Jude thing because a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff is coming together here over the uh, course of the the last little bit. First, we've got $150 matching for St. Jude today. Um, let me put that up. Put that link up there. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Um, 
that is coming right away and um I think you guys are really, really going to want to take part. We got $150 matching today from Flandricious and, and crew. Uh, so at $150 raised at stjude.org slash DLP, we'll match those funds to another $150. So you, your money up to $150 bucks turns into $300. That's a pretty good deal. These guys, I really appreciate Flounder putting this together. He's getting guys together to do matching funds for us. We're just under... $1,419 raised so far. We haven't even gotten started the event yet, so that's kind of cool. Um, very, very cool. Again, it's stjude.org slash DLP. Get in there. Just give 10, 20, 50, whatever, whatever you got handy, and um, let's get that matching. Let's get those matching funds so we can uh, we can boost this up, okay? Uh, we got the big show coming on Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. It starts at 9 a.m. Friday morning. Tell everybody you know about it. We've got Lions players, we're going to have Hank Fraley. We're going to have, hold on, I got a whole list of Billy Sims is joining us. Uh, we got Dan, um, Dan Miller, Jim Brandstatter, and Tony Ortiz. I'm having a hard time today, brother. <laughs> All joining us to talk. Blandina will talk. We'll talk about that. Uh, um, that that penalty today and more. Um, looking, uh, we're waiting still for uh, Wayne Fonts, a couple other people, a whole bunch of big guests, uh, some national ones as well that we're getting inked. Lawrence Jackson, Lojack, is going to join us as well. He's a great guy on Twitter, smart cat. Um, Justin Rogers is going to join us, so we can talk about some uh, some Lions stuff with him as well. Big big stuff. Twenty four hours, twenty four hours of uh, podcasting, raising money for St. Jude. St. slash dlp Get in there and help us out. Help uh, get bring kiss Christmas to the kids. But yeah, biggest thing is let everyone know. Get to yes, Wayne Fonsatori. Um, <laughs> get, get get people to listen to the show and and donate football or not. Then let's uh, let's do it. Um, I got a I got a ping in the Slack just now. When we have Fraley on the show, should we ask if he's open to being the interim coach? I I, I don't want to go there, man. <laughs> that's one question that's uh, they're doing us a favor to come on our show, and I want to make sure that we 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 treat them. Gotta well. be hospitable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So there we go. Okay. Um, let's see. Fonts. Yeah. You maybe get Fonts back coaching. That'd be a <laughs> back to the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> All right. Hit us up. Uh, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384. We're taking your calls. You can ring it in us and, uh, and make it all work. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Sam, man, what do you think? I mean, what's, is it go back and put Crosby on the right side, Vitae at the at guard and <laughs> move uh doll back? What's the prescription at offensive line for this team? Right I now? think that it just, I think the offensive line is what it is. I think they played poorly today. I think part of it was that they didn't look prepared for what the Colts were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Colts have a very good defensive line when you look at it on paper, and I think they put it together today. Yep. Um, I think Vitae still just isn't making his money here. And even when he's at guard, he seems passable. Sometimes other times he's not. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to to plan a game around that. You know what I mean? Like uh, at the beginning of the game, we could see – Bevel had some seven-step drops. Yep. There was no way you should have seven-step drops versus D-line. No. So they thought, they must have thought that their O-line was going to hold up better than it did. They made a few adjustments at halftime, and then the Colts made their adjustments. And that was kind of yeah. that. You know, I don't, I don't foresee the O-line being a problem in the future per se, but, you know. 
they had a really, really bad outing today. Them, you know, the Colts being five and two with Phil Rivers as a quarterback shows you how important that play in the trenches is because they excel on the O-line and on the D-line. That's where their best players yep. are on that team. And they were able to take control of this game strictly because they were so good in the trenches. And um, all the other players that we have in, in all the different positions, it's meaningless if you get destroyed in the in the, in the in the line. So that's that was heart-wrenching to watch that O-line get blown up like that because – they held together so well this season. It was a strength <laughs> prior to today, and now here we are. Oh, God. All right. Let's see. Again, doing your calls. If you would like, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384. Um, all right. Uh, Sam and we're looking toward the Vikings. You had intimated that maybe you weren't so confident against the Vikes. We are in Minnesota next time. We're playing yep. away first. What do you think? You, 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 you're sitting there and you're thinking it's another L? You know, I'm not sure. At this point, I'm not going to take the Lions out of any game. You know, we're kind sure. of at that point where if they, want, if they win, I'm not surprised. If they lose, I'm definitely not surprised. <laughs> but the Vikings, uh, I think, you know, the Lions have looked good against the run the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. They've kind of fixed their defense in that way. But I think next week will be the litmus test the real test are they going to handle dalvin cook are they going to protect the flats or is dalvin cook going to have 110 yards receiving and 120 yards rushing um you know i think our offense stacks up well against them uh if they don't look like they did today um but i think the vikings are always a tough play for the lions you know that it's a divisional game you never know how those are going to go a team could be 0 and 15 and you know, burn your ass because it's a divisional game. Oh, God. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give a prediction yet. I'm going to, I'm going to see how the rest of it goes. We'll get to see Everson Griffin next week, which will be exciting. That will be huge. And, and playing against his old team who yep. told them they didn't need him. Basically, that'll be fun to see him play that out and how that works. It will, and it will be exciting to see how they use him because, you know, the two weeks after the bye, they had a pass rush. They were putting emphasis on getting pass rush, and today they got away from that. So we're going to see where they go with that. Are we going to rush the pass, or are we going to rush three guys again, or how are we going to do it? But I would like to see Everson Griffin get uh, get used quite a bit. Right. Yep. Fresh um, legs. <laughs> uh, had a couple things here. Let me uh, move that. Uh, first one is Terry Flynn. I'm with you. It says, I've been watching since 1958. I'm just used to it now. They need to rebuild, but I'm too old to go through another. I feel you. I feel you. Um, it's hard. I, I think this is a, this is a real tough time for the team. I think they're going to, sh- the, the shakeout of fans is going to be pretty severe. I think this year, I think people are not just feeling it so much. Uh, Hattori has a great line, and I agree with it 100%. Starter jackets, cigars, and playoffs. I miss the fonts era. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let, yeah, you know, Wax. So let me. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna use that question. I'm gonna pose that question to uh, Andy. Does this team have the talent to win now with a new regime, front office, and coach? Um, or is it a total rebuild? If you asked me this at the beginning of the year, I would have said that this team needed a full rebuild from the top to the bottom. The more I watch this team now the less I am concerned about players per se and more about coaching. 
So because after the bye, we saw what how this team can function when they're seemingly put into better positions. Mm-hmm. When they're put into better positions, we see a team that can get after the quarterback, a team that uh, doesn't rely on seven-minute, uh, you know, defensive back coverage. You know, a, a team that is willing to blitz and put themselves out there. Uh, we didn't see that today, and we lost handedly. So I think that has something to say about it. But I think that there's enough building blocks on this team where a full, full rebuild probably isn't in the works. But we're going to have to get the right guy in to take this team over the hump. And and honestly, that's the guy we've been looking for since Caldwell was hired. And we're still looking for that guy. So I'm hopeful that a full rebuild isn't necessary. But gosh, at this point, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it is, I, I just, the whole, the big question mark is, is Matthew Stafford on the whole rebuild piece for me. Yep. Um, such a key piece of the team. So important. Um, and, and at the kind of waning years of his career, does a, does a new regime spend a year or two getting the players they want in place and then get their quarterback or do they go quarterback first and, and, and run with it? And then who is the quarterback? Cause if you're, if you're drafting 13th this year, who are you going to get, right? How much How much gold and treasure do you have to give up in order to get the quarterback you want? And, and that's something that we're going to have to talk about because the Lions have almost zero draft capital this year, right? especially after trading for Griffin. And who are you trusting? We have five picks. If, if, if we did all this and came up with the best possible consensus choice in Bob Quinn, and I don't think people would trust him to pick the franchise quarterback right now for this team, who do you trust? Who's the new guy that you're going to let? I mean, because you saw what Chicago did with Trubisky, how much treasure they gave up and how it's affected them negatively for so long. Um, And they missed. They swung and missed with a ton of capital. I mean, Mm -hmm. who do you trust to do that? Man, that's that's crazy. Um, Dan Halsey, Griffin on one side, Aquara on the other, all downs. I think. Griffin, if if he if he plays like he you know thirty thirty year old Everson Griffin, I'll be I'll be stoked. I'll be absolutely stoked. I think it's an it's a it's a help, but I, I feel a little bit snake bit as well with some of the guys <laughs> we've signed that uh, haven't performed. And um, I I think what Griffin will do is he'll relieve Okwara so that both of them can be fresh most yeah. of the game rather than. Okay you know, a full-time guy, you know, I think he'll be like, um, if you remember back in the Schwartz area, era, we had uh, Lawrence Jackson, low Jack, and he would come in and uh, you know, he would spell dudes and he would be fresh. I think that's kind of what Griffin's role is going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I'm just doing some work on the fly here as we talk. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think I think the other person that's a big beneficiary is going to be, um, oh, what's his name, uh, Trey Flowers. I think he's going to be a big beneficiary of Everson Griffin joining the uh, yep. the team as well. So uh, fresher guys, when you see things like what we saw here with the uh, playing a whole game of football in one half, <laughs> I think that'll help having a, a rotational guy in and Everson Griffin and help create that uh, that that rush that we need because too many times out there. I mean, we, we did get pressure. 
I, even again, I mean, yeah. they, had, they have a great offensive line, and we, we were able to get pressure. We got to Rivers once or twice in the game. I think a little bit more pressure, a little bit more uh, good work on the outside from like an Everson Griffin. He shows up and he plays well. That bodes well. I mean, I think that bodes well. This defensive line, again, the Colts have a great offensive line, and we showed up and we played some decent football against them in, in, in the trenches. It bodes well for the line for the rest of the season. I feel, I feel like that's that's good for the defensive line. I think the offensive line, what happened to them, they got dominated by a good defensive line, but they they got absolutely dominated. That is that was bad. ugly. That was really, uh, really bad. Yeah, you know, and it, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm gonna have to look when we or when I rewatch the game, but you know, we didn't see a lot of blitzing today. We saw a little bit of blitzing early, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked for us. Mm-hmm. And then they seemingly got away from it. They faked a bunch of blitzing. We had a lot of guys on the line that would back out into coverage. Uh, you know, we had Jared Davis in a bunch today. I'm I'm interested to see a snap count. I I feel like he was out there a bunch, but there was tons of times where he was in a blitzing position and backed out into zone coverage, which is literally his worst possible position to be put in. And it burned us a few times. There was a couple long third downs that they converted that were kind of on Davis's coverage as the middle linebacker, where if he had blitzed, it wouldn't have been his responsibility, but he didn't. And he only backed out five, six yards on a 10 yard pass play. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the, the movement of the players um, based on what they're trying to do against certain teams. The last, you know, two weeks after the bye looked great blitzed the most we've ever seen them blitz this week. They didn't blitz and it looked bad. You know, I'm interested to see how they use their players, especially once Griffin comes in to get pressure and to get, you know, on the quarterback, even against good O-lines like yeah. the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because that's that's absolutely a key point. They just have to play better against those good teams. And it's, again, it goes to the kind of the core makeup of this Lions team in that they are very much a 8-8 eight eight team. <laughs> They're very much a team built right now with the talent that are going to uh, – they're going to win against bad teams, but they're going to struggle against the good ones. And they may win one on one side and lose one on the other, but it's just not a compelling group of people playing these games. And uh, so to, to the long, uh, you know, long way back to that question, is it a complete rebuild? It's, it's pretty big. I think it's a pretty big project um, to, to rebuild this, this team to in somebody else's image. Um, I think we got a lot of good players on defense, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm screaming linebackers. Um, you know, Everson Griffin isn't going to be around. He's in a long-term solution, right? We need something on the edge. Um, we need wide receivers. I mean, <laughs> we need a lot of pieces. We need a lot of pieces and we're eventually going to need a quarterback here as well. As much as I love Stafford. Um, I don't think, you know, guys playing in their late thirties is the norm. I think that's a, an exception to the rule more than anything else. Um, Andy, why don't you read your little chat? I want you to get credit for it. I mean, I'll say it if you want. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a way to work it in, and I couldn't. But uh, uh, you know, um, <laughs> you know, the whole the whole time we were watching this game, and you know, they brought up like, oh, Philip Rivers had to move all nine of his kids to Indianapolis, and they were playing in the fall leaves. <laughs> all I could think is that the Lions are the are Rivers' tenth kid. 
because he's our daddy, baby. <laughs> he, he really took it to us today. Phil Rivers, of all people. <laughs> oh, thank you, Michael, for the super chat. I think it might be a super sticker. I can't tell the difference. I'm not smart. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Michael, very much. Appreciate that. Lions are probably in the worst position a franchise can be in. Stuck in no man's land with a trade deadline tomorrow and low draft capital with a lame duck regime. The good news is, is I think the trade deadline is the third Tuesday. So we we've got a whole extra day than you thought, Michael. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of people said that the Lions appear to be buyers right now, and I, I mean, they bought Everson Griffin. Yeah, you know, and I guess that would be indicative of uh, what Sheila thinks about what's going to happen later down this year if she allows you know Quinn to get rid of draft capital for win now material. Uh, you know, sounds scary. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, it yeah. sounds pretty scary. Yeah, I risky. I I don't know that I have confidence in our next GM, and I don't even know who it is. <laughs> I'd say I, that based on our track record, you're you're probably uh, probably right. Not that I have a whole lot of confidence right now, but um, the results, man, this is the thing that's that's killing me is the results just aren't there. And there's been a lot put into this team. There's a lot of effort on how they're scheming, how they're doing things. Getting some really good players. Penasini is just killing it out there, right? Um, these guys, you just see so many good picks, so many good players. I mean, Tavai, it's something different, right? But <laughs> you see so much good stuff going on, but the, the gameplay is no different. Nothing changes. Nothing changes, and it's so frustrating. Oh, uh, big question, Sam, man. Dad's hand, is, is his hand okay? So far, so good, yeah. So far, so There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little knuckle action. What happened? Did you see? I didn't see when he injured it. I think it was. Um, I think he was scrambling, and I think his knuckle got hit on a face mask. Ugh. Nothing too too outrageous, but yeah, he kept his shoulder in socket. That's good news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's our only real concern. Oh man! All right, let's uh, let's think about this. Teams are close. They aren't even near being close. Controversy with how is getting Griffin different to getting snacks. They're not going to help us in the long term. Not at all, George. Um, nope. They are a band-aid, but that's what we're, you know, we're talking about. The Lions were buyers when they made that. I think the Lions made that purchase thinking they were winning today. And so this this puts a little, again, this just this scrambles the eggs a little bit. And this is such a feeling of being a Lions fan. So many times when you get to this game, this... We said this was pivotal, right? Because this is going to tell us who this team is. If you know, if, if we have this trajectory where we're getting better and we're climbing the ladder and beating better teams, the Colts was the next step up, right? They're, yep. they're five and two now. They're a good team. Um, in this, in 2020, in the situation everybody's in, they're a good team. I think historically in football, they're not a great team at all. But this year, they're a good team. Um, we didn't beat them. We didn't beat them, and we needed this win. And now it says exactly who we are as a team. I saw that tweet. That was your tweet, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Marvin Hall. It's true, though. You know, like we, this was the game that if the Lions won, then we had the feeling that maybe this turnaround is real, right? The Colts are a good enough team that if we beat the Colts, we say, okay, we're at least competing with middle of the pack teams to slightly above average teams. And that's what you need to do to make it into the playoffs. You right. don't get into the playoffs only beating bad teams, right. generally. Right. So to get molly whopped like we did today, 
kind of gives us all the indications that we need and kind of shows that maybe the, the Griffin trade was a little premature. I don't think necessarily it's a bad trade per se, but right. it like, you know, like chat was saying, it's not a future move. This isn't something that's going to help us two years from now when we're, you know, hopefully actually competing for something. It's a now move on a team that's going nowhere seemingly. And that's, you know, one more, you know, knock on Bob Quinn and the staff here. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, I mean, his, his, he's, a, he's a locker room ad. He's not just a, a player ad, right? Not, not just an edge guy um, that hopefully retains all his talent. He's a guy that brings a lot of character, a lot of, um, a lot of juice as they call it <laughs> to the, to the locker room and to the team. He's, he's got a lot that he brings and, and today just really, scrambled our eggs <laughs> yeah. it really just just really caused a problem because now there's no question that we'd have to steal one in the uh, Packers Titans Bucks trio of games there yep. and I'm not I don't feel it I don't feel it seeing this the, the, the team I mean it's, it's always NFL football anything can happen any week it's a crazy league like that but that being said generally speaking bad teams are bad teams and good teams are good teams and that's Sadly, the Lions have been a bad team for quite a while. 1958, Terry started watching. <laughs> ah, the Terry curse. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Terry. Cyprian says, uh, win over Atlanta was fool's gold. It was a game they should have won against a defeated team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it kind of was. And, like, you know, if you watch last week's uh, post-game uh, stream here, you know, I think we we knew – that it wasn't great because the way we won was super fluky, but at the same time, a win's a win. So you should be happy about it. But you know, that's kind of how the season goes. You know, they, they theoretically should have beat the bears with that last second touchdown throw. Mm. Uh, they did beat the Falcons when all the Falcons had to do was take a knee and, you know, 100% win probability. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the NFL somehow seems to find its level like water yeah. <laughs> in that way, yeah. you know? And so, uh, you know, we should take the wins that we can get. But at this point, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of fans that are saying, I hope we don't win any more games. We need to stay where we are, you know, get, get a high draft pick. We're obviously not going anywhere. And then you've got the other fans that are win when you can take them, you know, winning's fun regardless of what your record is. And, you know, I'm kind of team winning to be honest, but we'll see. We've got how many games left here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left. Only three of them are away. That does not bode well for us. <laughs> not the seven-game losing streak, right? <laughs> Holy now, smokes. Now, now, with that, that Atlanta team just beat the Panthers, right? Which they're not a fabulous team. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they went out and, <laughs> and, and lit up you know, a Super Bowl, the, case, the, the Chiefs or anything. But we've got the Panthers coming. By you know what is it the the distribu- distribution property, um, we should be able to beat the Panthers. So we we're not stuck at three wins, guys. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No. Right, somebody. No. Um. All right. We yeah. Do they save DNA? We need clone Barry Megatron, Jason Hansen, Alex Karras, and Chris Spielman. God yeah. Um. Mike. 
Mike Hodges, love you, man. He's he, eleven games left. He's an edge rusher and an edge rusher, an edge rusher who we've seen beat us single handedly. Griffin could make a big difference. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is the thing. It's it's Mike. I I love Mike's heart. I really really do because because he's you know he's in a great spot with it. I love that. But um, coming out of this game, this game was so important. This one hurts me. This one hurts mm-hmm. me more more than the Packers game when everybody was all freaked out. Or that's the Saints game. I, those didn't bother me as much. And it, but this one, this one yeah. really, really gets under my skin because it's a game that, um, look, it says who we are. Like I said, and I don't like who we are. i do agree generally speaking that a good edge rusher will make a huge difference for a team i think the hard part is is that we don't know what defense we're running which is super crazy this is year three and we still don't know what our defensive identity is um you know are we a blitzing team not really are we a get the quarterback with four pass rushers team no not really are we a hard team Right. I mean, because like when we started out against uh, Atlanta, right, we were coming in in the Jaguars too. the defense Mm -hmm. was really setting a tone. I saw like two or three plays early where they tried to do that this week and then they just kind of gave up on it. And it was like back to that's that's what I mean, Chris. It's hard. It's hard to know. How are they going to use Griffin? Are they going to use him the same way that they were planning on using, you know, he's going to Julian Okora. They're going to use him like uh What's his face used uh, Ziggy Ansah? He's going to be back in coverage. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Our coverage guy is uh, is Flowers, man. Don't you? <laughs> He's batting. To, he has more batted passes than Jeff Okuda does. Yeah. I'm not going to rip on Okuda. I like the pick. I think he's going to be good. <laughs> He's just, he's been trial by fire. Oh, man. He, yeah, positions. he's been put up against it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Julio, I mean, the Jags was probably the one game he didn't have a top uh, mm-hmm. receiver he's playing against, and then T.Y. Hill went out today. So other than that, he's just been through the grinder this year. This guy is getting a hell of an education, though. He's He comes out the other side, learns, you know, remembers to forget. <laughs> he'll be okay. He'll be he'll be in really good shape. He's got to have that, uh, that snail memory or goldfish memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see you wearing the shirt. Is that what you're trying to forget? <laughs> <laughs> this, is my, uh, this is my pumpkin Whoa. shirt. Oh. I like what it does to the, the green screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that looks going on. All right. Hey, you know, um, Mike, you said the only nine left when he said 11 the first time he came back in the chat. And I was like, no, I thought you meant the two playoff games too, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's a happy guy. He's a, he's a go-getter. So I was like, okay. Uh, Hail Mary formation, guys. Caldwell. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, we'll open up the calls one more time. Two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four, or you can use Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast on one word and give us a call. With that call going out, uh, Sam, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you to just kind of pontificate, share share what you got on the team, what's your outlook, and then somewhere in there, weave a little therapy in for our friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like you said earlier, Chris, this was probably the loss that impacted me the most. I was legitimately frustrated about this loss. And like, I've been pretty dull this whole season as far as, oh, we lost to the Packers, bummer. Oh, we lost to the Saints, bummer. You know, kind of was what it was, but this game felt a little different. And I think that 
this team is close, but it's a weird kind of close, right? It's a few minor things here or there. There's never really been a, you know, feel good about this team moment. Yep. This year. I mean, like the Jags game was great, but we all know that the Jags are the Jags and that's, you know, and while winning against any NFL team is a big deal, you know, the Jags wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it's big enough. But, you know, I, th- I think that there's still some stuff that can be built on here. I still have hope that uh, this team can continue to grow as a team, which is what it looked like two weeks after the bye. They looked fresh. They looked like they were a group. Uh, I don't know what happened today. They did not look <laughs> look like that at all. They kind of looked flat, as we said mm-hmm. earlier. They looked slow. Uh, we still have to deal with Tavai out there on the field doing God knows what. Um, He's always a fourth but, man in. But I think that some of the stuff that we thought about Patricia early is not as true as we thought it was, where we thought that the locker room was just a disaster. I think these guys are playing for each other. I think they – they are, are playing for coach, but we've just got to get over these humps. And it's it's just been way too up and down. You know, we, we, we need to start seeing some consistency. Uh, you know, one week we have a defense that looks great, and then one week we don't. And then one week we have an offense that looks great, and then the next week it looks literally terrible. And, you know, outside of Kenny Galladay going down today, it's basically the same offense every week. You know, and really it just shows how big of an impact Kenny Galladay has. And, you know, we're, we're what, one and three without him? Yeah. If you count today as without him, you know, that's not great. Yeah. I The thing that gets me the most about today's game is is that flatness. This is so Lions. This has been happening for I don't know how many coaches. You – you, you always start out in the ditch and you got to dig yourself out and you're in and, and it's like you, you get back up on the road and it's like, yep, now we're just going to have to hit the accelerator and we're going to be driving. And you get this, the, you know, after cleaning up the mess you made in the first the, the first place, you get to a point where now it's just this one thing and it'll be the it's the trigger to go forward and really make it. And they come out and they just shit the bed, whether it's a national, you know, televised game where, you know, they're high flying, getting all the, the press in the beginning talk. Surprising Lions team really put it on this year. This team has a chance. You hear those words, you know that the Lions are going to lose that game 100% of the time. 100% <laughs> of the time. And it's what I saw today, a team that came out, and this is like this is that statement game. This is that one that says we're a better team than everyone said we were four games into this season. We're a better team than people think we are. We are a team that is living up to what people said uh, at the beginning of the season, that this team actually has a chance, and they come out flat. They did it with Caldwell. They did it with yep. Schwartz, too. They've done it so many times. They've just come out and not been able to get the deal done when it needs to be done. And it's so frustrating because you would expect once in a while you're going to win that game. Once in and, a while you'll pull it out. And, you know, what's funny about that is that we've had former players on Twitter and other things say, well, like, don't don't count these players, you know, towards the same old Lions. The same old Lions isn't a thing that exists. But, I mean, it kind of does. Like, like you said, this flat team has been a lion staple forever. We did it with Caldwell against the Bengals the, the year that we should have made the playoffs. All we had to do was beat the hapless 
you know, Bengal team and we lost big time. You know, it happened today. It happened. I mean, it's happened a million times. Yeah. And, you know, what. What's and it's never e- we, it's never an eked out or squeaked out loss either. Right. It's just a convincing nope. spanking that says, why did I even believe in the first place? Right. It's the, yep. and then that's the thing. If it's like, ah, oh, you got the 10 second run up. Ah, oh, we get screwed. Right. No, it's like, wow, we're just not that team that we thought we were. All right. Let me hit a couple of super chats and thank you very much. Uh, Dan, did you see the BS attempt by Harris on Indy's first touchdown? I think that's indicative of the effort in this defense. Big hit over fundamental form tackle. Absolutely. He went full. He was the, it was, it was the dullness move minus giving your own player a concussion. Right. Yeah. I mean, like literally didn't even extend his arms out. It was 100% shoulder. Yep. Yeah. And no, I think it was Harmon is what, what you mean, not Harris, but, yeah, yeah. but uh, good. That the entire defense on that play, actually, I tweeted about it was awful. Devai was jogging. Two other dudes were, you know, oh, he was uh, seemingly trying to not get in each other's way. Like, oh, no, you get the tackle. Oh, no, you. It's like two guys in the outfield trying to catch the same ball. Right. And it just falls in between them. You know, just outrageous. Tavai was at full speed. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Had the afterburners on and everything. Yeah. Um, Mellow Mo. I don't know if that's Mo from the Creek or not, but uh, he says the refs aided at least two of their touchdowns. I, I can't disagree. I, I, I can't disagree with that, but it still doesn't mean make a difference. We lost. The game was lost on the interception from Matthew Stafford. That one just, that pick six was it. That was just the, the nail in the coffin that finished the game. Um, the refs, I, I can't, I can complain about them, but it's still, you know, this is not a game that I can blame the loss on the refs. Um, I can say that the refs were terrible though, and there's and it's worth there's worth some conversations. Yeah, I, I don't know what rough crew we had today, but yeah, not great. There was, you know, I'd rather have a you know, and it sounds weird, but I'd rather have an overactive refing crew than the crew that we had today at the beginning of the game, and then one that like turns it on at the end of the game. Yep. You know, just at least be consistent about it. You know, no holding calls at all today, which is crazy. Um, you know, lots of weird stuff where our guy was clearly blocked into the punt returner, you know, and yep. just completely whiffed it. And, and that you know, was I, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, a lot of weird stuff. And that, that stuff, you know, it's hard to say the refs gave them this game. And I probably wouldn't say that. Right. But that stuff adds up. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, they, they got a touchdown off of it. The same that we got a touchdown off of, uh, you know, the Matt Stafford, uh, hit to the head against the Falcons. You know, that was a but, sound call, though. I thought that was a good call with, within the rules of the game. It, su- it sucks that it's the rules, but I, I think it is the rules. Oh, no, I agree with I mean? the Falcons call. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, that that's kind of the way the NFL goes sometimes, yeah. whether it was the right call or not, or, you know, who's to say. I thought that the defensive pass interference on Coleman, the 41-yarder, was, you know, a little suspect. I thought he got his head around in time to look at it, but, you know, there's... That happens. And then there was that the happens. exact same play going the other way that it went uncalled, right? I mean, again, I'm not here to, to complain about the refs, but I was like, that that was just the roles reversed. That was, you know, our, our wide receiver, and and, and, the, and I don't remember who, who was on the coverage, but was, you know, got there early, hand in between the two arms, just, or in the same exact way. It was the same exact play, and it was at their one-yard line um towards the end but i was like why isn't that one called it's the exact same thing it's literally exactly the same bodies in the exact same position doing the exact same things why is that not called if it's a penalty it's a penalty if it's not it's not please be consistent please 
And that's where, like when you say you want more calls, or you want them to call it tighter, that's what I think it is. Just call it consistently, right? And, and when they mm-hmm. call them tighter, it's consistently tight. When they rarely make calls and they, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what a pass interference is, right? They haven't defined yep. it. And that's, that's what we saw today. It was poorly. Uh, yeah, Jones in the hall. Thank you, Matthew. Um, and that was the past play I was, I was referring to. Um, it, 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 you just wind up with a situation where the refs are probably telling themselves we're going to let them play. And then you see the things that we, that we saw. And uh, that, that Danny Shelton penalty, though, that, that's inexcusable. This is this is one of those things. The thing that always bothers me the most about refs is when they throw a flag for something that didn't happen because they literally didn't see anything, but they they thought it happened and threw a flag, right? And that's yep. that to me is if you didn't see it, it didn't freaking happen, right? Period. The uh, the Danny Shelton thing, they that was like, oh, we've got to throw a flag. We got to they're, they're just pushing and shoving. That's what we got to do. And then they couldn't figure out what to do. Well, you, you could have said Phil Rivers. Punched the motherfucker. Right? I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's where a good penalty would would come in, but no, no, not at all, not at all. They just uh, they don't call them that way, I guess. It's uh, and they and they throw the 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 flag, you know, ten seconds after the play's over and at the end of the the scuffle. That's when it's time to to throw the yeah. penalty. Yeah, the the worst. Jeez, yeah, and the two closest there. guys didn't throw the flag. You know, just classic. Yeah, yeah. Call what we don't see. That's the way we like it. All right. With that, I think we're going to call it, my friend. You okay? I'm okay. All right. You, you, I think, uh, you know, you know. check me out on Twitter. I'm going to have way more to say about this game after I re- rewatch it, but <laughs> Definitely. Ugh, painful. San- Sandman7773, right, on Twitter? Yes, sir. Yeah, give him a follow. You got it. Make sure. Nailed it. <laughs> Make sure you give him the follow. He deserves it. And he, you know, he, there won't be soul lights this week. But, uh, <laughs> probably not probably not anytime there is that's where you find them <laughs> that's right that's right awesome man all right so and then we're gonna see you friday i got oh i gotta talk about cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com if you've got anxiety you've got a little bit of insomnia a little bit of sleep you're not able to sleep through the night kind of a thing and uh or you got a little bit of pain the cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com is the place to go. I'm getting tons and tons of people contacting me afterward and saying this stuff works awesome. And I'm like, I told you, I told you so. <laughs> great, great stuff. Sandman disappeared into the weed. <laughs> um, it's legal in all 50 states. It's it's not weed. It doesn't get you high. It's not THC. It's um, the hemp plant that with all the good stuff of it minus the the high takes care of. Like I said, anxiety, sleep issues. And and pain. The cream works absolutely fabulous. Um, it, it, it's good stuff across the board. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us kickback when you buy it. But um, not only I'm a member, I'm the president or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> this is the uh, the Delta Eight stuff, which is this is the best stuff they got. I'll tell you straight up. Uh, it's the chill line of uh, gummy squares. Those things just take care of everything, make you all better. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get your stuff and get going. Um, we This week's schedule, we'll talk about that really quick. We will be doing a show. I'm not sure if it'll be Tuesday because there's some other stuff going on on Tuesday. Um, it might be the Wednesday this week that we do a show. I want to get one in even though we're doing one Friday because, to be honest, I think next week's show, we're going to do the Sunday post game. I think we'll want to take some time off just like week show because we're gonna be we're gonna be tired tired <laughs> we're gonna very be very tired 24 hours of talking takes a lot out of you so we'll see what we can do 
Uh, but we want to. We definitely want to get a show in this week, so uh, we'll, we'll have one. We will absolutely have one on Friday. Friday will include the game preview. Uh, Sam is going to join us for a while. We're going to yep. get him in there. We've got uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, and I got. I got to tell you the CBD thing. Diamond CBD came in and they've sponsored ten hours of the show. Ooh. There's going to be a boatload of giveaways. They they've become a really really good partner. Um, I forgot about all that. Right, I'm, I'm all thinking about how great Holy their smokes. stuff is. But yeah, they 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 came in they came in hot. So good stuff. Uh, that's cbd.detroitlinespodcast.com. S- support them because they are definitely supporting us in the St. Jude thing. We also have up to $150 in matching donations, folks, for this uh this show here today while we're broadcasting so get over there to saint dude saint dude oh my god saint dude saint jude.org slash dlp let's uh christmas for the kids let's help them out and let's take advantage of those matching funds really appreciate all that take care of that with that i think we're gonna call it a show watch andy on the old uh tweeter machine and uh we'll talk to him friday we'll get to follow up on that as well all right. Uh, with that, we'll call the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Go use the comments in the subreddit. Let us know what you think about the show and how you like it and how you don't. Also, don't forget about some Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet by donating a dollar or more a month. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Thanks to everyone who does that, including you, Mike, and in your happiness. I love that. Um, also Facebook, I said that I think Facebook.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast or the Detroit Lions Podcast <laughs> make sure to follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions Podcast D-E-T Lions Podcast, give us a follow and Sandman7773 7773 uh, that's the very best place to see Andy <laughs> with no pants on if you want to see what a Stafford uh, pants free man looks like Sandman7773 <laughs> Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. We'll get your message, we'll get you on the show, and uh, you may, if you want to start a topic, you want us to talk about something in particular, uh, just give us a call, and you can, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it at, at, at length, because that's how we do everything, with length. <laughs> Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your earbuds automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Those were your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.